Connect Red are a Midlands-based telecommunications company with branches in Cannock, Derby and Burton-on-Trent in partnership with Vodafone UK. Our shops are currently closed due to the pandemic, but we are here to help in any way we possibly can. Get in touch with us for any of your tech and communication needs, consumer or business, and we can tailor individual packages and cater for multi-bundle deals too. Visit us at connectred.co.uk. That's C-O-N-N-E-K-T-R-E-D and drop us a message. Thomas Turgoose, welcome on to, uh, to talk Derby to me. How are you? In the minute? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. We finally no, got no. him. We should tell the listeners straight away from the off that I was... Um, I just totally forgot about the first time. <laughs> I had an, electri- an electrician round, didn't I? So, and then you, you was like... I, I looked on my phone and uh, the Zoom link came through and I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot. So, But it is what it is. But we got there in the end, didn't we? Yeah, don't worry, mate. I even had like I had a message off you being dead apologetic, and then he, even one off the electrician saying, "I'm sorry for keeping Tomo." <laughs> oh yeah, because you know Chris, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he said that you follow him on Instagram because I said to him, um, I said to him that uh, I was supposed to be doing a podcast. And we just got chatting, and he was like, "Who for?" And I said it was Blake. He was like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." No, yeah, God, we got there. Then I felt bad. <laughs> I've got new light switches and plug sockets, so jobs. That's good. the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did a few of them myself actually. I'm quite impressed that I didn't blow the house up. How's lockdown been for you then? How have you been coping? Do you know what, mate? It's been the same, really. I mean, lockdown started, um, it cut a job that I was on short. So I was supposed to be on a job for seven months and that finished a little bit early. So we finished about a month early. Um, So since then, I've literally not done a day's at work since then. I think it was March the 12th last year. Um, so I've not spent a day behind the camera since. Um, so in that aspect of it, it's kind of been a bit like it's been a bit shitty because what it's like, you know, what it's well for an actor, it's kind of like you spend a lot of time out of work anyway, so you are kind of used to spending a bit of time at home on your own. Um, but I've had my friend, my friends have been off, so I mean, obviously, we've not been able to, you know, have parties and things like that that we, we normally would do in time off. Um, but I've been able to go for walks, man. I've I've just been walking every day. I've been sort of me, me and Christian, who have just been on about. We've we've sort of we, we've been walking ten miles a day every day for the last God knows how long. Like we've been so so in that aspect of it. When lockdown ends, Touchwood on June the twenty first, it's going to be pretty similar for me. But the only thing is, is I'm not going to have my friends there because they're all going to be back at work. So it's kind of like, I, I'm just now back to, I mean, hopefully all being well, I've got a few jobs lined up that are starting June, um, which will take me through till uh, March 22. So hopefully that all comes off. Um, but obviously with COVID at the minute, you just can't really tell. But yeah, it's going to be a bit weird on in June when everyone goes back to work and then I'm just like, well, I'm still in lockdown. I can go to the pub on a weekend, but I'm still sitting around the house all day playing Call of Duty. But all good, yeah. <laughs> Is it has it affected you? Have you still been like doing auditions, self tapes, and stuff like that? Because that's kind of been a big thing for actors, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of self tapes, um, but it's weird because trying to find the motivation to do them, it's kind of like it's like say when you say the people who work in the pub say, come April the twelfth, they will always say, oh, I wish I just had another week. 
They've had a year. They've had a year off, but they will still need that extra week to be like to get ready for it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like when when my phone buzzes and I get an email um, to do a self tape, trying to find the motivation at first is very difficult. So I'm like, okay, right. So I should. I mean, I've got I've got loads printed off behind me because I've got to do one soon, but. It's kind of like once I get into it, I'm like, right, buzzing. And it's similar, it's the same with anything, really. Like it's with podcasts, I've been sat here waiting since half 10 this morning, like just and it's 11, 11 o'clock now for the listeners. But um, I've been sat here for half an hour just buzzing, just like wait, because I've got something to do. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like just trying trying to find a motivation to do anything is quite difficult. But once you get into it, it is, it does, it just sort of like passes your days off a little bit. But at the minute, it's so difficult because. I mean, it might sound really sad, but I play a lot of FIFA on the Xbox mm. and I look forward to a Thursday when your rewards come through, like your division rivals and things <laughs> for playing your games. And it's like, I sort of break my weeks my weeks up like that. I go, right, well, I know I've got the Grimsby Town game on a, on a Saturday and a Tuesday at the moment because we've got a lot of games to catch up on. So we're playing every Saturday, Tuesday. Um, and then a Thursday, I know that I've got my, my division rivals games to play on FIFA. And it's kind of like, it sounds really pathetic because I'm nearly 30, but... I'm looking forward to like Thursday so I can, so I've got something to do. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like in that aspect, I'm like, I'm so looking forward to getting back to work and being able to, to, to sort of get my teeth into summer. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's been, it's been all right. It's just, I think it's a bit like when you need a piss, the closer you get to the toilet, the harder it is to, to hold it in. You know what I mean? So it's what like, an analogy that is. Well, it is it, like that. So now it's now the, the sort of the end is in sight. It's getting more difficult now because you know that the end's in sight. A bit like when you need a piss and you get to the front door and you're putting the wrong key in the door. And you're like, oh. You know what I mean? It's a bit like that in, in a sense. But um, no, it's all good. I mean, I, I'm just so lucky that, you know, I've had like, friends like my, my, my friend Christian and Mark, who we, we, you know, we've just been walking so, so much. So that's good. You know, I've been able to, I've not lost any weight. I've just sort of maintained it because I just eat like shit. So all the walking I do just gives me a free pass to eat like shit, really. You've so, you been on any walks with, uh, with Michael? Uh, we did when we was allowed because obviously Michael lives in Derby, doesn't he? So we travelled yeah. up in, I can't remember when we was allowed. I think it might have been September time. Um, yeah, during that, there was like a little break, wasn't there? There was a little break where we yeah. was allowed to travel a little bit. So yeah. we travelled up to um, Kinder Scout and we did that. Um, we did a little walk in Boston with his mate Badger. Um and yeah, man, it was good. So it's and and you know what? Like I was, I've literally just been on Facetime to soccer this morning. Um, for people who don't know, Mike Soccer's he's been on the podcast before, hasn't he? Yeah, twice. So yeah, everyone, so everyone knows who he is. Um, yeah, yeah. So me and Mike, like our our friendship now, because it, it's good that well, you know Michael and you know everything that, that's going on and and how mm. how well he's doing in life. And for that alone, lockdown is worth it. But it's not worth it because people are losing their lives. But in a sense that if you don't find the good in if you don't find the good in every bad situation, it can really eat you up. So what I try and do is I, is I look at people like Michael and I go, I'm fucking buzzing that he's doing so well. And and there's so many other people around the world like him that, that's doing so well. And yeah, it's just, um, I, I guess I'm kind of just a bit like, I, I, I do always try and find the good in every bad situation and that does help me. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. And, and I, I think walking does that for me. I'm just, I can't wait till the 29th when the golf, co- golf course is back open. Um, and grassroots football, so we can do a bit of Monday, Monday, Tuesday league. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to all that. But yeah, man, I'm just, um, I'm just getting on with it. You know, it's kind of everyone's in a, everyone's in a really difficult situation at the moment. So, but it's nice to see there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Was you tempted to to keep the podcast going through lockdown, just have something to do? 
Yeah, overrated everything, isn't it? Your, well, your we podcast. Did, yeah, yeah. So, so anyone who hasn't listened, it's overrated everything. It's available on um, on all the podcasting streaming sites. Um, it's basically me and another friend of mine who's also an actor. Um, but yeah, I mean, we 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 started the podcast about three four years ago, um, and we re- really we just used it as an excuse to get together and go for, go for a piss up in different cities, really. Um, so we travel around, you know, I'd, he doesn't drive, so it was a nightmare. So I'd always have to drive to Manchester to pick him up and then we'd go from there. But, you know, we, we, we're we really good friends and we have been for a long time. So it was nice to to, to meet up with people that we're big fans of and, and sort of have a chat with them about what's going on in their lives and, and things like that. So we loved doing that. And then when the first lockdown hit, after we'd everyone in the world had finished doing the garden and things like that that everyone did... <laughs> Um, bacon banana bread bacon banana yeah yeah (laughs) my wife charlotte she was obsessed with cooking cookies at that time so she just learned how to make cookies and like cheesecakes and things so um so yeah we was just caning all that shit for the first few months um but yeah we we said we should do some over zoom and then we got we got in touch with johnny harris um who was in this is england with us um and we did one and the reaction to that was incredible um, and we thought, okay, well, we can we, we can do a few more. And we got in touch with Lucy Spragan, who, who's a friend of mine, who's also a friend of the podcast, isn't she? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we did one with Lucy and we did one with Johnny and Vicky McClure. And we got loads of great people who we've wanted to have on for a long time. And we did it over Zoom. But then we thought it didn't, doesn't have the kind of the same feel that we that we always aim for when we're going, when we're doing, we're recording podcasts. It was nice. But, and also it's like, you know, me, me and Andy would have loved to have got in the car and drove to Nottingham and, and had a drink with Vicky and gone to Manchester and seen Lucy and, and whatnot. But it just it just didn't feel the same over Zoom. So, yeah, we kind of just um, sort of knocked it on the head for a little bit. But we will pick it up hopefully soon. So, yeah. I've got some overrated things for you. OK. Uh, these are things I think are overrated that people rave about. Lincoln City. Over- no, <laughs> yeah. they're not overrated. They're not overrated at the minute. Either. Lincoln are flying, by the way. Have you seen them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah well, God, I hate it because I'm a Grimsby Town fan. But also, on the other side, I'm a massive football fan. So I'm a bit like, it's nice to see, but I just wish it wasn't Lincoln. Do you know what I mean? Are they your yeah. massive rivals, are these? Is it Grimsby Lincoln? Is that the. Lincoln are, are big rivals of ours. I mean, not at the minute. They're sort of out of our league. If they came here, God knows what would happen on the pitch. But um, yeah, I mean, there's Lincoln City. They've got Scunny, Scunthorpe. Um, so yeah, we've got Lincoln, Scunny, Boston, I guess, but they're sort of in, in, in a, f- a few leagues below us, so we don't really play them that often. But I mean, they're local derbies. Mansfield is a bit of local derby, um, Notts County. Um, but yeah, I think the big ones are Scunny. Is it? Yeah, um, Scunny are overrated. Yeah, I've been to Scunthorpe as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a strange place, isn't it? Oh my god, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. I've got a couple of well, Christian lives there actually. Um, no, it's all right. I've been to uh, I went to Glanford Park when we beat them 2 1, 2 uh, 0 actually. Um, but they beat us 3 0 here a couple of weeks ago, so I'm just gonna shut up. Go on, give me some overrated stuff before I end up getting myself killed in Scunny next time. <laughs> Halloumi, Halloumi, yeah, I mean. It's all right, isn't it? I like, I like cheese. I'm a big fan of cheese. We've got some camembert in the fridge, but it fucking stinks. Have you had to camembert? <laughs> no, that's the oh, one that's like all soft in the middle, isn't it? You, like, yeah. You do, yeah. But when you leave it, as Charlotte bought it, we was going to have it for, for we was going to have it on Monday, but then we never got around to it, and it's now Friday, so the kitchen stinks of cheese. Um, <laughs> but halloumi, it's all right from Nando's. I guess I quite like that sweet chili jam that they do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it squeaky cheese because when you bite it, it squeaks, makes that funny yeah. noise, doesn't it? Um, 
Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, he's overrated, I'd say. Yeah. Lumi is overrated, yeah. AU Vodka. I've never tried it. It's just, it's it. just vodka. It's just got a gold bottle so people buzz off it. Yeah, but that's like everything, isn't it? Look at that proper 12 that Conor McGregor has, that whiskey one. Mm. It's only because it's got his name on it. It's 80 quid a bottle and everyone's loving it. Um, yeah, vodka's not really... I used to drink a lot of vodka when I used to DJ a lot. I used to go around DJing and they'd bring out bottles of vodka and I just overdid it with that. So now I can't really drink vodka mm. anymore. I'm more of a... But to be honest, over this lockdown, I reckon I've been... Since the first lockdown last year, March, I reckon I've been drunk probably twice. I've not really drank at all. So I think drinking at the minute's overrated because I've never been a drinker at home, really. Never sat at home and got drunk. So, but yeah, AU vodka, It's I guess it's kind of like, um, it's more of a status thing, isn't it? You know, if someone buys a bottle of AU vodka, it's going to be on their Instagram story. You just fucking yeah. know it. So if, you don't, if you don't put it on Instagram, it don't count. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's one of them that, you know, you'll get, people go to Ibiza, don't they, save up all year round, live like a millionaire for a weekend, put it all over Instagram and then go back to the fucking miserable lives. Uh, Have a selfie with Wayne Lineker and then oh come home. <laughs> Do you know what, like, I, I, I love the internet at times. I mean, some of it, okay, he, get, he does get a lot of stick, but he doesn't do himself any favours, does he? Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, but yeah, he's a he's a funny guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a cool dude. Uh, yeah, one more. Um, Michael Soccer's acting now. Many joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's a joke. He'll keep, no, he'll keep me yeah. heading. Yeah, no, I, I was I, I was saying I um I rewatched uh, This Is England ninety recently with my wife because I don't think she'd ever seen it. So we rewatched it, and uh, I was I was texting Michael throughout, and I was just saying how brilliant he is. He's so so good. Like he's so easy to watch. Um, so no, I don't think he's, he's overrated. No, that's only a joke. Because he'll listen and he'll, like, I'm just trying to I, wind him up. Say, Michael Sock is one of the only people I wouldn't want to fight with anyway. Like, there's, <laughs> no. there's not many people I'm scared of, but I mean, not, not scared of like I'm hard, but I'd rather get knocked out than run away. But I think mm. I'd probably run away from Mike Soccer. He fucking terrifies me. You don't realize he told, he, he told me a story the other day that I'm not allowed to mention, but in the on the podcast, but it involves an elevator. Oh, yeah, I'll tell it. Fuck it. Yeah, we was working. <laughs> we was doing, um, I think we might have been doing This Is England 88 or 90. It might have been 88, actually, because we didn't really have that much to do. So we had a lot of spare time. So we was going out quite a lot. And um, we was at work the day after, actually. And we was in the lift. I don't know what was going on. And he put his arm around my neck and choked me out to the point where I collapsed. Like I fully lost consciousness. And then I woke up in the morning, like couldn't really move my head and got into makeup and all, all red marks around my neck. <laughs> They was like, "What the fuck's gone on?" I was like, "Oh, I went out with soccer last night." Yeah, they. Uh, but that's the thing with soccer is you don't realize how strong he is. He's um, mm. he's a bit. Yeah, he's a beast, really. But uh, I think it all comes from a good place with soccer. Yeah. It was quite funny because I said, "Have you got any funny stories or anything?" I can mention somehow, and he went, "Oh, what what kind of thing?" And oh, I don't really know. And, um, and went, oh, nearly killed him in the lift once. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even the only time he's nearly killed me. Anyway, I'm sure he's done it a few times. He's um. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a beast soccer, but no, I love him. It strikes me that this is England's like a, a family. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like um, it's literally like no other job because you go on you go on other jobs and you get on really well with people because that sort of you're forced to make a relationship with these people in a sense that you know, especially with this is England because all the gang grew up together and we'd not mm. long just met when we started filming. Um, so we sort of this this sort of relationship. You feel like it should have been forced, but it really wasn't. You know, we just spent so much time together 
as soon as we finished work, we didn't go back to our own accommodation. We would always be together. We'd always be, you know, walking around Nottingham or, you know, going in the arcades because we was only kids um, going in the arcades and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, it was just the most beautiful job. And, and whenever you finish a job, you do say to people, oh, we should stay in touch, you know, but nine in 10 times you don't really. And that's because of a number of things, you know, people have got families, people have got their own lives working on other things. But with This Is England, it was so special in a sense that we really have become very good mates. I mean, me and soccer, for instance, we, we haven't worked together now for, well, whenever 90 was released, probably seven years ago. Six years ago, six or seven years, me and soccer haven't worked together um, on This Is England. But we, we I, I speak to him every single day. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't speak to soccer. Same with Andy Ellis, who plays Gadget. Same with Vicky McClure and Stephen Graham and all of them. You know, we've all just become this sort of, and I know I know soccer's close with Stephen Graham. And we're all just sort of like, yeah, we're all just this, this big gang, really, that's so like, I don't know, because we're all from a pretty similar background. You know, we're all, we always all bought up pretty similar and we just, um, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain the, the relationship that we all have, really. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah, we're like a big family. Do you think that shows Shane Meadows' skill in picking people out because of, like, you can see now that you're still together. Do you know what I mean? Do you know when he picks characters yeah. and stuff? He doesn't necessarily, like, go, you can, like, he picks... Well, I bet you're bored telling this story, but how you first got involved in it, like you you were an actor before it, were you? No, no. So I was um I was a thirteen year old boy on the East Marsh Estate in Grimsby. Um and uh I was never in school. And Shane Meadows wanted a kid for this film, for This Is England, who'd never acted before. He wanted someone to be raw and someone to be real and naturalistic. And I just went round the corner that one day. Literally it's 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 as it's as simple as that. I I walked around the corner and saw a group of people and figured, and I thought, what the fuck's going on here? So I went over and they, oh, hang on, have you still got me? I've just clicked off something there. Yeah, yeah, I've still got you. Sorry. Yeah, so I went um, so I went up and said, what's going on? And they said, we're auditioning for a film. And I was like, a fucking film? Like, what? So I went in and, and did the audition and met Shane and met Joe Hartley, who played my mom, and just very, very quickly just sort of just fell into these people's lives and, yeah, I mean, I'm not a superstitious or, or or anything like that, but I do believe that I was meant to meet them people, and and that's exactly why we're all so close still now. Um, and that's it's it's as simple as that, man. I, I I was just so lucky that you know if something had have happened that day, if there was a football tournament on that day somewhere else in the town, I wouldn't have gone to that audition, and I wouldn't have met Shane. And it's like it's so bizarre to think how different my life is now to what it could have been, you know? Um, I mean, I'm lucky that I've always had a good family around me, so I would have been okay. But um, just in terms of career and things like that, and I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't be speaking to you here because of it. So, yeah, it's just, um, are you, like you just said then, you said, I bet you get bored of telling that story. And every time I tell it, it makes me realise how lucky I am, you know? So there's no, there's, I could never get bored of telling it because... It just every time I just think it makes me think about it again, and I'm like, "Fuck it, hell, man! Imagine how different my life would have been." So, and and I think that's why I will always be appreciative of people who come over to me in the streets, and you know, say if I'm at a festival, and sometimes you know I've been out my head at a festival, I've been smashed in a field, and you know, been sick, and people have come up to me and can I have a photo? And the lads are going, "How are you still so?" 
polite with these people when you're literally throwing up and they're asking you for photos. I'm like, well, because at the end of the day, if these people didn't watch these fucking films that I do, then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't have the opportunities that I've been given. You know, there's been times when me and older lads have done VIP to festivals and I'm like, if it weren't for the people coming over to me, asking me for photos, then I wouldn't, fuck, we wouldn't all be here now, you know? So it's kind of like, every, no matter what state I'm in, I will always be appreciative of the people that come over. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, make, every, every single day, the minute day goes by that, I don't realise how lucky I am, you know? Is there a downside in the acting world to being so well known for one character? Do you know when you stop doing this as England and then you you go out into looking for working other things, just mm. can that maybe hold you back? I don't know. I don't know anything about the acting world. I don't know, but if you're known yeah. synonymous Sorry, neither with one do I, mate. I'm just winging it. I'm a <laughs> professional winger. I mean, it is, I think because this is England was so, it, it became a cult show and a cult film and everybody, people sort of relate to it so well and it's so real. People believe it so much. Um, so I think maybe sometimes when I'm going into a casting room, the first thing that they might think is, is Sean from This Is England. So maybe it might hold me back, but it's not held me back in a sense that, I mean, again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a nice house and I've got, you know, I, I'm very fortunate for the things that I have. And, and it's, not that I, it's not that these things was gifted to me because I, I was given the opportunity to do This Is England when I was 13 years old. So I was given that opportunity and it was my decision to then go and pursue it and work, work, work. And I spent the first sort of... I spent the second half of my childhood and the beginning of my adulthood away from home. I was never at home. I was always away working. I never saw my friends. So there was a big sacrifice in in that. I, you know, I missed out on a lot with, I didn't miss out because of the things that I was doing. Um, but there was a lot of, lot of things that I missed out on in the sense that, you know, a normal childhood. It was kind of like, I wasn't able to go and throw a snowball at people's windows or I wasn't able to go and do all the shit that kids do you know, just be, just being a little shit because I had that, that that little thing in the back of my head saying from a very young age saying you've got a bit of a responsibility, you know, you've been given an opportunity and people, you know, from the same backgrounds as you may be looking up to you. And if you can show them that anything's possible in a sense that you get given an opportunity, whether it's acting, whether it's being a footballer, whether it's being a plumber, whether it's working at Aldi, you know, every, you get given an opportunity and if you can work your ass off, you can, become something of yourself you can you know you can earn an honest wage and you can buy the nice things that you want in life so I guess it's kind of like in a sense that my life was doomed I think if it were if I didn't meet those the, the the things that I was getting up to when I was a kid could have taken me anywhere again going back to my family I've got a very very supportive family so maybe I would have been dragged away from it but I was I was in trouble a lot with the police and I was you know I was a little shit so God knows where that could have gone. So it's kind of like, I always like to think that, you know, when, when I go back to, when, when I'm driving around the estates and things like that, and I see young kids, I always just want to say, you know, there's, there's always something out there for you. You've just got to sort of look for it and work towards it. Do you know what I mean? It shows a great level of maturity at that age though, to realise that, like, that I've got something here because a lot of 13, 14, 15 year olds are just go, Oh, that was a, that was a right laugh. I've just been in a film anyway, back to uh but to be honest, yeah. so that's a credit to you to at that age to to notice and spot the opportunity because yeah everyone gets these opportunities in life. It's all about timing, isn't it? And and look, and it's and about realizing as well. And it's about like you said, it's about maturity and and really taking hold of the support that people gave me when I was a kid. 
I remember at the rap party, um, Stephen Graham grabbed hold of my mum, who passed away not long after that we finished filming. He said to my mum, he said, I promise you, I will never, I will never let Tomo go back to who he was before. You know, I'll, I'll do my very best to support him in any way that I can. And even to this day, Stephen's one of the, the people who I look up to. And, and you know, I, I, I remember that conversation that he had with my mum and he wasn't lying. You know, he, he meant what he said. And, and for that, I'm so grateful that in the sense that, you know, people, Stephen Graham's probably one of the biggest actors in, in, the, in, in the UK, mm. out of the UK at the minute. And he, he's everywhere. But to me, he's like, he's, he's an uncle. He's, he's, I, I totally forget everything that he does. And it's just the, the support that he gives me and Shane Meadows and, and Andrew Shearman, and soccer and everybody. It's kind of like, it just makes you really appreciate everything that they did for me as a kid. And that's, that, they're the men that I want to become. You know, I want to become, you know, if, I, if I'm working with a young kid who's never acted before on a set, I will try my hardest to make him feel comfortable and, and, and try and teach him everything that I was taught from a young age. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just kind of about, yeah, just 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 remembering how life could have been. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you do you think there'll ever be another This Is England? Um, I don't know. I don't know. From a being a fan of the show, also. Again, I I, re- I recently rewatched them, and um, I I I don't think it'd be a bad thing to leave it mm. because I the ending of ninety was incredible. I thought yeah. it was amazing, um, and it. You know, the, and it answers a lot of the questions. So, to go back and do more, I don't know. You've seen it plenty of times with Shameless. Let's say, Shameless was amazing. Then it got to series nine and ten, and they're all doing cabaret on the pool table in the jockey. It's kind of a bit like it got to a it got a bit sort of silly, didn't it? Um, mm. From what it once was. So I don't know, but I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind that if Shane Meadows wrote another series, that it would, you know, it would it, it would be incredible. I know that. You know, and and we as a team would make it incredible, but it's kind of like I don't know. I guess if you left it, you know, we've left it on a good on a, on a good a good ending. But if we did more, who knows what could happen? You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of rumors, and you know, Shane Meadows is, is spoke openly about wanting to maybe go go and do like a, a Millennium one or something like that. But who knows? I mean, it would be mint to work with everyone again. But me and Soccer always say that. It'd be interesting to see how it would all be now because, you know, soccer's got kids. Andy Ellis has got kids. I'm going to have kids soon, I imagine. Um, you know, I'm married now. Andy Ellis is married. Vicky McClaw's Vicky McClaw from Line of Duty. So she can't go out to all these nightclubs and stuff because it'd be a nightmare. Um, you know, and, and Steve, you know, Stephen's got his own thing going on. And it's kind of like, I don't know if it, because that, I think this is England relied a lot particularly with the gang stuff. It relied a lot on us going out and getting pissed and having good fun and bringing what we did in the clubs at that night to the, to screen the day after. And it's kind of like, we don't enjoy doing that anymore. We don't enjoy going out and, you know, upsetting people and fighting and doing all the shit that we was doing. And so I don't know whether it would be the same. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be the same show, you know, because we've all grown up a lot, but maybe Shane could use that in the script. So I don't know. Colleague Box is a Derby-based gifting service that offers customizable, personalized gifts. Delivering nationwide, the gift boxes are ideal for companies to send to colleagues, prospects, suppliers, or clients, or for individuals to send to friends or family. 
choose from our collection or we can create a bespoke box based on your budget, brand, colours and logos. Colleague Box. Connect with colleagues wherever they are. I want to go on to football in a minute, but just before we do, what what are the projects we're working on now? Are you on in the Alan McGee biopic? I think yes. I read. Yeah, creation yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah. So that's out on the twentieth of March, I believe. I'm pretty sure it is um, on Sky Cinema. Um, I watched it again the other day. It's it's fucking mint. Is it it's really good? Yeah, it is. It's one of them that like because I'm such a fan of uh, I, I was always a fan of Oasis as a kid, and then I don't know. There's something about Alan McGee's voice in that Supersonic. By, you know, have you seen Supersonic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. He's just got one of them very friendly voices. And I I always thought, I want to be mates for that bloke. And he's got, like, the life that he's lived, he's got some some incredible stories. And now I am friends with him. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll often text me throughout the week and tell me about the film or what he's doing. And it's like, I just that in itself is like, I, I just find that mental. And to for Alan to sit and tell us the stories that he's lived, for us then to be able to put a wig on and go and relive the things that he's done and go and relive the parties and things like that. It's like, it's the best of both worlds, man. I, I, we've got to, we've got to experience the the madness that Oasis was, but also then we just got, go, got to go back to our families and chill at the same time. So it's kind of like, we kind of got the best of both worlds, but watching the film, it's, um, it's so fast paced and it's so quick and it's so witty and it's very funny. And there's some great actors in it, soccer's in it as well. Um, yeah. so that was good me and Soccer got to get some wigs on and spend a bit of time together in London on a different show so that was good fun um, so yeah we enjoyed that uh, but yeah I think it's um, I think it's going to do well I think people are going to really like it we had uh, I produced Tim Lovejoy's podcast as well yeah. and uh, we had Alan McGee on himself, oh, about right. two yeah, weeks yeah, ago yeah, yeah. And it was the most mental. Normally, I'm like editing them, and but I'm like half listening while I'm doing something. But I was like, ah, glued. It was some of the stories like that. It's incredible. I think Tim asked him something like, um, "Just how many drugs were you taking in the early nineties?" He went, "Put it this way, Tim. The only thing I can remember about 1993 is signing Oasis." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh my That's god, it, man. it's incredible. It's like some of the stories that he's told and some of the things that he's lived is like. Because you know what, when you watch supersonic the documentary i mean i probably watched it 20 times i love it yeah when you watch it i just think fucking hell i'd love to have been there man i would love to have been there like don't get me wrong me and the lads i mean we've had some pretty good times um and i'm sure if they ever made a film about my life people will watch and go jesus i wish i was there because that was fucking good um in fact there's no doubt about that some of the things that me and the lads have got up to it's incredible obviously things that i can't tell um (laughs) But yeah, I do. I do watch the, uh, the the Supersonic and think, oh, I'd love to have been there. And then lo and behold, I, I, we we got to recreate some of that with uh, Creation Stories. So I mean, the film isn't. It's not an Oasis film. The, the Creation Stories is not about Oasis by a long stretch. Mm. It's very much about Alan McGee and about his childhood and about his struggle with drugs and alcohol and things like that. Um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of heavy references and and. Um, uh, the soundtrack's amazing and things like that. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think it's good. But, you know, what I do think, and is what I had to say to my dad, is like, don't expect an Oasis film. It's not a film about Oasis. Mm-hmm. It's a film about Alan McGee. But my dad's a massive fan of Alan McGee anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think people are going to love it. I think it's going to do very well. It's a shame that we can't do a premiere. Um, it's a shame that we're not going to be able to do a cinema release. And But hopefully... Um, 
uh, we, I've been speaking to Alan. Um, hopefully we're going to be able to do some DJ sets and stuff like that together and stuff. So hopefully we can have some fun with the release. But just at the moment, obviously everything's a bit, just a bit yeah. difficult. I mean, th- th- my dad, when I told him about this film and um, when I told him Liam Gallagher had come on to set when we was filming, everything that I told him got him hyped up for the premiere. He was like, shit, man, I'm going to meet Liam Gallagher at the premiere, man. I'm going to... The premiere is going to be amazing. Like, who's going to be there? Bezzy's going to be there. Ah, it's going to be mint. And then my dad, I think, was genuinely heartbroken when I told him that there isn't going to be a premiere because of, for obvious reasons. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that's the only downfall of it for us. But I mean, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to do well. I think people are going to love it. Yeah, I just hope I think, I think... that uh, Liam. The only thing is, because if Liam Gallagher doesn't like it. He's very loud on social media, isn't he? Yeah. So if he tweets about it and says that it's shit, we're, the, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. We're fucked. Yeah. I, can, I might, uh, I might I can... track him down and nick his phone off him and sing its praises. I reckon, <laughs> I, I reckon I'd take him in a fight. I can vouch that Alan, the Alan McGee story. I don't know about the film. I'm sure it's amazing, but the story is brilliant, so I'm sure it's amazing. What was Liam like? I didn't really meet him properly because he came on. Um, I, I met him a very, very long time ago, but we was at, um, it was at a gig. I think it was the Chemical Brothers, supported by Calvin Harris. So it was, it, that's how long ago it was when Calvin Harris was supporting people. Now he's the biggest DJ in the world. But he's um, he, he just came he came on and uh, the, the young kid who was playing him was like beside himself. And uh, he sort of just walked on, took his sunglasses off and gave them to the young kid. And the young kid was like, lost his shit but yeah no but I, I know I never got to speak to him properly which is a shame because I wasn't even I wasn't even um supposed to be in for the rest of that day so he was coming in the afternoon me and uh, I'd finished filming uh probably about 11 o'clock and uh there was like right you're done but um I knew that he was coming on set at like half 12 so I was like I'm fucking waiting around I'm not I'll just wait around for a bit <laughs> and then uh and then half 12 got there and I was like oh he's running late it's gonna be about one o'clock I was like oh Good. all right yeah i'll wait whatever and then it got to like three o'clock and then he turned up and i was like yeah it was worth the wait defo really? yeah because he's such I, I don't know what it is i just i'm just such a big fan of oasis yeah 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 he's, he's incredible um anything else in the pipeline um so i started the job that i was on in manchester is a sky one series called intergalactic which is a um it's a drama set in space People might think it's a sci-fi. It's not really, because when you put the sci-fi tag on it, people might be a bit intimidated by it and go, well, I don't like sci-fi. Um, so it's very much a drama set in space. You know, there, there is there is obviously spaceships and stuff, but um, it's very much about the the, the characters and about the, the love and the, the sorrow and um, the heartbreak and everything that goes. It, it, basically, it's about... Um, a, a group of female escaped convicts who hijack a ship and they're trying to they're traveling to different planets every episode um and you're sort of learning more about them as the series goes on uh, this is the first time i've been asked about it i really really need to scratch this up before i start doing a lot of press for it um because it was so long ago i'm kind of like yeah. oh, i've forgotten what it's about um but no it's kind of uh it's great it's great fun i've seen episodes one two and three there is eight episodes so that's going to be out in april i think um uh so i'll be busy promoting that um hopefully we get to do another series um and i've just signed on to a film uh, a horror film um directed by a guy called dean puckett um who's a first-time director um it's very much like a religious cult 
It's a bit like, um, did you ever see uh, The Village? Yeah, Shamlan. So it's very similar to that sort of signs village six sense sort of that that sort of genre of horror. So yeah, so hopefully I start that in June. Um, so it's just nice to have things coming up, but it's kind of a bit like because of everything that's going on, things are getting pushed back and and whatnot. So um, so yeah, hopefully I can crack on with them soon. Right, football. Um, we've I don't think we've ever had a Grimsby. In fact, I know we haven't had a Grimsby Town fan on before. So <laughs> they're everywhere though. They're everywhere. No matter where you go, honestly. We um, <laughs> we was in New York for our wedding anniversary uh, last year, two years ago. Whenever it was, the times are relevant. It's bullshit. Um, but basically, we was um, we was in the queue for the World Trade Center Memorial, and it was uh, New Year's Day, um, and Ian Holloway had just signed to manage Grimsby Town. And I remember, shit, you know, I was looking at my phone and it was all rumoured. And then Grimsby Town had tweeted, Holloway signs for Grimsby Town. And I'm going, fucking get in. <laughs> Buzzing. Shall Holloway. And I shit you not, about five people back, I heard some bloke going, oh my God, Holloway signed for town. And I would look <laughs> back and I shit you not, he's a Grimsby Town fan in New York, about five rows back from us. We was like, and then from then on, because the queue was for fucking about five hours, we was waiting. Um... But yeah, we just got chatting about Grimsby Town, and there's no you can't, you can't go anywhere without seeing Grimsby Town fans. And you know, you go to like places in Spain or Tenerife or anywhere, you get the, you get them sports bars, and what mm. they always do is they always get the, the the people who go in there to go, oh, will you leave your top here, mate, for my wall? Like, fuck yeah. off! Would you pay fifty quid for that? <laughs> Fucking order one, man! It's a new season. <laughs> so, you, but you all, you'll always see a Grimsby Town shit all all on most of them. So yeah, we we get around. We're like fucking chlamydia. <laughs> I've, noticed, <laughs> I've noticed that though everywhere, everywhere you go I always spot someone in a derby shirt or a pair of derby shorts so you, you just like you've got, you got like your eye gets attracted to it doesn't it you have your you like your peripheral vision just goes yeah vroom ram yeah it's good isn't it yeah well derby county though I've um yeah with, with Grimsby we've played them a couple of times haven't we we played them did a, we, last time we played was a friendly wasn't it yeah we played in the league cup just after when it got abandoned due to rain, that was the last time. Mm. Last time I went, and then they, I didn't go to the when it was replayed. It, we, they started the game. I was on the seafront having fish and chips, and then this downpour came. And by the time we got to the ground, it was just underwater, and we played about twenty minutes, and it got abandoned. I ch- I'm trying to think if I was there. You know, 2017, I think. Carling Cup first round, second round. I don't think I was there because I, I I remember there was there was a game that got called off when it was like. It was actual torrential downfall. Like I thought the world was gonna fucking end. Yeah, we that's why. Yeah, we was in the main stand, but, and I was wearing shorts actually because we'd been in the pub because it was a nice day, wasn't it? Was it in the yeah, summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like, yeah, then. it must have been. But yeah. um, but did you beat us? Oh no, that got called off, didn't it? And then um, and then it got played after, didn't it? Yeah, it played two weeks later or something, and I can't remember the result. No, I can't. I can't remember all these cup games. I don't pay any attention to really because. No. Especially with Grimsby Town at the minute, with all the all, everything that's going on, it's sort of like I would one hundred percent much rather focus on the league because, you know, there's I, there's sort of how many cups is there for these lower league teams? Is that four or something? Four yeah. or five? And it's like you also you're intertwining them with the season. It's like Grimsby never really get off to a good start, and I, I don't know if that's why. Maybe just don't because we're shit at the minute. But um, yeah, just all these league cups and stuff. I just think they're all a bit bit bullshit. But I remember we did play you in. Excuse me, we did play you in a friendly and we beat you 3-1. I think we beat you. It was a pre-season friendly because I remember we was in the upper fingers for that. 
But I think you had a couple of good players out at the time. Can't remember yeah. who you would have some big, big like old school I, famous players. I think it was 2016. So I'm trying to think who would have been playing. Um, I do remember that day because I went on a minibus from a pub called the Neptune, which people listening from Derby will know, and went and sat and actually sent you the picture of the place because I couldn't remember what it was called. I had yeah. to search Cleethorpe Seafront Bar and go through all the pictures. It used to be called the Submarine, and then it was called Waves. Waves for yeah. a very long time, yeah. Yeah, and I was sat outside there. I just, just got there, sat outside, and before you know it, there's glasses flying about, people... Oh. Throw it, I mean, honestly, mate. It's it's the worst. Like, I've been, I did thirteen years home and away, went everywhere. Like, didn't miss a game, mm. and, and it's the worst football violence I've ever witnessed. It was like <laughs> football factory. It's ridiculous, really. I mean, I, I, it's, I say that because I've never been involved in it, but it's kind of like I've never understood it. I've never understood that. And do you know one thing as well is I've got a few Stone Island coats that you know. It's one of the first things I bought when I was a kid because I was I looked up to people. Because my dad used to wear a lot of Stone Island, and I remember when I got when I got a bit of money when I was younger, I was like, "I'm buying a fucking Stone Island coat." Do you know what? Went out and spent however much on it. I bought one off Soccer as well, actually, um, which I've still got. But um, I'm thinking, if I've got a five six hundred quid coat on, and someone wants to have a fight with me, I'm taking that off. Like I'm not wearing that to fight him. Wait there. <laughs> yeah, before you hit me, can I take this coat off? I never understood why they spent so much money on coats and then just go and fucking fight in them. Never understood why people f- fight for, uh, over football anyways. It, it's, it's beyond me. But yeah, that um, that place waves. God, I've had a, I've had a few tear-ups myself in here, actually. When I was <laughs> yeah, God, it's um, it turned into a really sort of like grungy house music place where just everyone was off the tits. And, uh, you know, when you're stumbling around on a night out, you were just sort of like going to all these places. And yeah, but no, it was, um, I tell you what is good. That's good for um, for the summer because they do the scooter rally there. A lot of the, a lot of the boys oh, all part yeah. of the scooters there. Um, and it's good. It's nice little sun trap, but it's been knocked down now. It's funny. You said, I, was, I should have said to you last night on the text, went past it yesterday and um, yeah, it's been knocked good. down now. So, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not there anymore, which is, it is a bit of a shame. But these, you know, it's it's kind of everything's changing now. Cleethorpes is full of like gin bars and wine bars and champagne bars and all things like that. So it's you know, this there is still the odd place that's got you know that you can go if you want to scrap, you'll find a scrap. But I guess like anywhere, if you if you want to scrap in a white fucking wine bar, you can have a scrap in a wine bar, can't you? But yeah, it's kind of um yeah, that's mental. I I I remember something someone telling me that something had kicked off in Cleethorpes with um <laughs> With loads of Derby fans, but um, I mean, you're out of our league now, aren't you? What your championship? Championship, aren't you? Yeah. How are they getting Just. on? Just. Are they, yeah. are they in relegation? Just above relegation, so we ain't got no money. We're about to go into administration, by all accounts. Yeah, uh, I thought Rooney was there, or has he left now? Yeah, no, Rooney's manager, but we've just got no money. Um, sure, so, he's got a bit of cash, hasn't he? Come on, Rooney. Well, Ro- so, I mean, we were bottom of the league. We were bottom of the league and just lost to Wickham when he took over, and, and we we've won like six out of the last eight or something ridiculous. Oh really? Yeah. So he's been he's been amazing. Oh, that's amazing. all right then, isn't it? Because it's always yeah. risky when these big footballers go into managing, and because it, it's like he didn't he didn't have any manager managerial managerial is that a word manager yeah, managing right, yeah. ex, managing uh, experience did he? Because he came did he leave from was it Washington he was playing in? Yeah, it's uh, DC United on it, I think. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then he came over and managed. But I mean, that's brilliant. And even just a little boost for the for the young kids and stuff in the academy yeah. and all that. I'm like, imagine having Rooney there because Rooney was the player for me. Remember that Wayne Rooney Street um, soccer striker or whatever it was called when we was kids. Like, yeah, just all things like that. Rooney was Rooney was probably the 
the best footballer for me when I was growing up. I looked yeah. up to him a lot. But um, I um, I had a charity football game. At, um, is it Pride Park? Pride Park, yeah. Pride Park. Yeah, I had a football game, a charity game uh, for celebrity. Um, it's called the charity. And uh, I scored a fucking beast. Did you? <laughs> scored a beast at Pride Park, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find a video and I'll send you it. It's a very good goal from outside the area. Just tandy. Keeper should have done better, but I mean, what I like to say is I hit it with some fucking force. That's why he couldn't stop it. You don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle, Tomo. Exactly, mate, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I always find when I've played at Pride Park? How slopes it is if you're on the wing. It's like, a, it's not flat, it's like... Yeah, it's weird. It's weird on we've got that. Though. We've got that at Grimsby Town, that the mouth, yeah. the goal mouth's like, it's really, really on, on, on a big slope. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the crack at Grimsby then? Are Grimsby well followed locally, or are there a lot of lot of people like Arsenal, Man United, Spurs, and all that, or are they, um, are they quite? We, I mean, I think at my generation there was a lot of kids because I I I was never a Man United fan, but mm. I grew up following Man United. And I used to wear the t-shirts because my eldest brother Carl, he's a Man United. He's not a Man United fan. He just wears the t-shirts and likes to shout at the telly holding a can of Carl and thinking he's a fucking part of the firm or whatever um so i always sort of had man united shirts and i probably never even watched the game and then when i was 14 and my mum passed away i moved in with my dad and my dad said to me straight away he was like you can fucking get rid of that shit that you're wearing and then took me to a grimsby town game um and since that game i've never looked back i've always i've always followed you know Obviously, I've missed a lot of games through to work and stuff. But if ever Grimsby Town are at home and I'm and I'm not working, I will 100% be there. Um, so I, I mean, a generation of my generation, there was a lot of people who like our group chat. There's probably 15 lads in there. You know, we've got Liverpool fans. You've got you've got passionate Liverpool fans, passionate Man United fans. We've got Arsenal fans. We've got we've got Chelsea fans. Got them all. But um, they all like to see Town do well. And mm. on a Saturday afternoon, if you say, oh, if they're not doing it, do you want to come watch the game? They will come watch the game and, you know, they do enjoy it. So it's kind of like, but I think passionate Grimsby Town fans are quite like, there is a lot of us, but there, there should be more, I think. Yeah. But And I think that's how our, our job as, as our generation to make sure, because I will most definitely be doing to my kids what my dad did to me. You know, as soon as they're old enough, I'll be taking them to the football, to Grimsby Town. And But the only thing is, is now, when my mate, say my mate Kimball, for instance, he's a passionate Liverpool fan. What worries me is, he's when he has kids, he's not going to be bothered about taking them to see Grimsby Town. Hmm. So his kids are going to grow up probably being Liverpool fans. And it's like, back it up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just don't get it because Kim... I don't think... He, I think he's only ever been to Anfield once and that was to watch me play in a charity football game. So it's like, really? just think you're not really, you're not really a Liverpool fan. So why don't you grab a local team and support them and make sure the next generation of kids are Grimsby Town fans? But I don't know, it's frustrating. But, you know, we've got good support. We, you know, we we get sort of, depending on how we're doing, but we can get up to sort of 5,000 people a week uh, at home. And nine in 10 times we sell out away games because we've got such good away sport because with Grimsby being such a small place, they, um, it becomes like a thing around town. Everyone's like, Oh, how are you doing? Man? I haven't seen you for ages. Are you off to Alfreton on the weekend? Or are you, are you going to Bradford on the weekend? And everyone just gets behind it. And there's like this big community and everyone's like, Oh, it's fancy dress, Bradford. Everyone's dressing up. 
So it kind of becomes a bit of a community feel, and that's where the outsiders come in, the Liverpool yeah. fans and the Man United fans, and they're thinking, well, I'm not missing an all-dayer in Bradford, you know, dressed up as fucking <laughs> Spider-Man. So that's where they all come in. And, but then that's where they're let down, because we're fucking nine and ten times we'll lose the game, and then that's where all these Man United and Liverpool fans are going, oh, I'm not supporting this shit, am I? Because I can't win. Um, but yeah, it's um, we're in a bit of a terrible terrible place at the moment sort of bang bottom of the league so I mean any escape like likely escape not unless we can start scoring goals really no. yeah no they've um they really need to pull the finger out I mean Ian Holloway left us in a in a bucket of shite I don't know mm. what he was doing I don't think he knew what he was doing um I've got a few friends who play for town who also said they didn't think he knew what he was doing um, obviously not naming any names, but now Paul Hurst, who got us promoted out of mm-hmm. um, the National League. Um, so he's back now. And the gameplay and the players that he's got is a huge improvement. So we're now playing a bit more football and we're not losing six. We're not losing five nil or four nil. You know, we, we're, we're still losing, but, we, you know, we, we're playing better football. And he's still sort of finding his squad at the moment. So it's kind of like we're in a bit of a tricky situation. The only thing is, is we've got sort of Barrow, Southend, Port Vale and Colchester, um, who are also terrible at the minute. So there's only sort of a few points in it. So I don't know. We've still got, I think there's about 13 games left. So hopefully we can turn it around. But I don't know. We've got Forest Green tomorrow, who are leaking a lot of goals at the minute. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but. You know, if we go down to the National League, then we go down to the National League. That's just the way it is. But we've just got some new owners that have come in. Our old um, owner, John Fent, is sold up. So hopefully, hopefully that, that'll that give us a boost that we need. And if they're willing to put a bit of money in, the chances are we can come straight back out of National League. So, What's your favourite ever Grimsby game? <sighs> favourite ever Grimsby game? I mean, the obvious one would be the playoff final at Wembley. Mm-hmm. When we beat Forest Green, actually, we're playing tomorrow. Um, we beat them 3-1. Um, but I was so spannered. I can't really remember <laughs> the game. It's one of them. Like, I was so... St- because we was like we won 3-1 and we fucking battered them. It was like, we just went mental. To the point where, like, I, had to, I woke up in the morning and sort of, like, rolled over to Charlotte and I was like, did we win? I can't remember. <laughs> um, so that 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 from memories was brilliant. I mean, but the day out at Wembley was amazing. Um, but we did. Um, we beat Scunny two um, nil last season or this season. We beat Scunny very early on this season. It was in February, um, and away at their park, and that was good. That was a good game. Uh, but yeah, there's so many good games. I mean, when we was in the National League, we went to Alfreton away and that was another one. Everyone got on the train from Grimsby. Half of Grimsby went, you know, there was only so many tickets, but there was just fans everywhere on the hills and everything. Um, but that was like a fancy dress day and everyone got on the train to Sheffield in the morning. We had a couple of hours in Sheffield, got back on the train and went to Alfreton. Um, so that was a cracking day. That, that was probably, that was probably my best away day other than Wembley. Definitely Alfreton away was good fun. Yeah. 
I covered that for Radio Derby. I, was the, I used to be the Alfreton Town reporter. So I was, oh, I was like, certainly standing there. I yeah, think we won like 4 0 or something. Yeah, so I'm like, in the, I'm the one in the ground going, yeah, at half time, Alfreton Town oh, really? 1, Alfreton Town 3. Oh, yeah, God. doing all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you can, can remember seeing all the fans all on Yeah, the, on the bank behind. Yeah, bank. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was put that was up there with one of my that was up there. I've got goosebumps, mate, thinking about that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a run place, Alfreton, mate. Mm, yeah. But I mean Grimsby Town, we took over that place, didn't we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Big time, mate. Big yeah. time. Yeah. So that that was up there with my with my favourite games. And uh yeah, definitely. I just I mean, we got a win against Crawley the other week, last week on Saturday. That was such a relief. It was such a because it ruins my weekends. You know, like I was saying earlier on, I look forward to the weekend and I look forward to Tuesday nights. And when town lose, it fucking bores me, frustrates me so much. And Charlotte, bless her, she's like, she knows that like the, how the night's going to pan out, like the hour Saturday night's going to pan out because I'm going to be miserable if we lose, but I'm going to be buzzing if we win. So, so I've spent a lot of miserable weekends recently. And they say that it's been crap recently. It's been fucking awful, yeah. <laughs> oh mate, I want to ask you before we before we finish. What's your one piece of advice you give to a youngster going into any field, anyone, anything they want to do? What's the one piece of advice for for life that you give them? Um, always, I always say, always be yourself. Never ever go in and try and impress people with bullshit. Really, I always say. Go in and just be yourself. And for me, I always learned very early on to listen to your director, trust your director. And I guess that's the same in any job, really. You know, if you're working as a as a sheet metal worker, you know, trust your gaffer, trust the people who are there to, you know, they're managers and 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 owners for a reason. They they're there because they've worked their asses off. They know what they're doing, and they've employed you because they've seen potential in you, and you'll only be shooting yourself in the foot if you don't listen to their advice because not only have they hired you, they, they've hired you to better their business in a way. You know, a director's hired you because they think that you're going to make this good, the film good. So everything that they're telling you, although it might sometimes seem like like it doesn't make any sense, you should always listen to the people that, that are employing you. Um, and again, yeah, just be yourself and... Just smile, man. Just try and enjoy life. I know it's difficult at times, isn't it? Especially at the minute. But, you know, and always take the good. You know, a minute, you know, there's hundreds of people dying every day because of this virus. But, you know, if you if you can find one positive, you know, try and find a positive every day of something that's going on. It will make, you know, it will make you smile and exercise and walk in. Just, yeah, I don't know. Just, just try and stall around. Just try and be positive and, I guess it's kind of tough to do that at the moment, isn't it? But yeah, we always do a thing called pass the mic at the end. Right, uh, okay. So obviously, Michael's sorted. You, like, recommended you to come on. Like, if you if there's anyone you know who you think could be good to come on and have the crap with me, who do you I like think what you've done the... there. I like it. It's a nice way of getting guests on. It's clever that. It is because uh, I'm yeah, up, <laughs> up here for thinking, down here for dancing, son. That's what they're saying, it. And if you get to do it on the podcast. They've got, do you know what I mean? If I just text you and you go, oh, yes, yeah, I'm mate. Yeah, yeah, of course I will. Yeah, of course I will. Yeah, Never hear yeah, from you yeah. again. Mate, I... Some record, I isn't it? So, so, you want me, so you want me to recommend someone? Yeah. Uh, Lloyd Griffith, I'm going to recommend. Do you, you know do Lloyd, it? Are, you, are you familiar with Lloyd? 
Yeah, I do. Um, I used to work for Robbie Knox, who he does oh, the right, okay. work. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he's a good friend of mine. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think Lloyd did do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be clever. Yeah, I'll give him. I'll give him a text after this. I think he'll do it. Nice one. Yeah, nice one, mate. I've really, I've really, really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate your time, Tom. It's been, yeah, a, same, it's been class. Yeah, that's some fun. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have a pint soon. I'm gonna, um, I'll be up visiting soccer soon. So yeah, we'll try and have a pint soon, Defo. Oh, mate, when you, well, yeah, I'm, I'm with soccer quite a bit now. So whenever, mate, come and yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a beer. We'll leave him outside. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, right, all right, mate. Nice one. Nice one, Tommy. That was class, Take mate. Care, mate. Ta-da.